Good morning everyone, such a privilege to me to be coming into your world again. I never take it for granted that people like you take time to listen to people like me. And I believe God's given me an anointing uh, to, to reach out to you, to open up the scriptures to you, to share his heart with you. So sow into this time, let it get deep in you because God's up to something and we're right in the middle of it. How cool is the, the Alpha stuff? We're living in a time where people are looking, people are wondering what's going on, what's it all about what's the beginning and the end what's this life thing all about and people are looking to the church so maybe you've got someone in your world maybe you're someone listening right now who's thinking yeah that's me well tune into alpha sign up for one get involved it's a few hours of your world which could change your world let me encourage you hey i've got a great message for you today and um one of the things that i think god's been doing with me ever since you know he called me to lead a church is just to develop a greater heart for people now, God loves people. When we look at that passage where Jesus is asked, what's the greatest commandment? He basically says, love God and love people. And what happens is that those of us who are really developing a friendship with God and a closeness with God and a reverence for God actually start getting his heart for people. And I think it's been accelerated in this lockdown time because what we've seen is that people have handled it differently. People who you think are totally together and got life sorted have actually displayed all kinds of unusual behaviours because they've struggled. And rather than look at that and go, what on earth's wrong with them? My heart's just been melting to say, wow, you know, these people, these awesome people are wrestling and struggling. And yet here we are with the heart of God to step in and put an arm around and encourage and lift up. So tune into this message, people, and let's get a greater heart for people. This is part two of a three session message that we are calling Take Heart. Take Heart. Last week we looked at the idea of the inner person, the heart being part of your inner person where thought is attached to emotions and feelings, where you process stuff. The word says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So what's going on in your emotional thought process will come out and affect your behavior. And so we're looking at that and wrestling through with that right now. And today, my message title is, God heals the brokenhearted. God heals the brokenhearted. I'm gonna impact that, unpack that a little bit, but let's just be willing to uh, have greater grace for people, look out for people, have greater grace for ourselves because everyone's on their journey. But hear this, for those who are willing to engage with God, he is committed to taking you on a journey from brokenness into wholeness. And you may be anywhere on that journey. I doubt any of us is complete yet, but we're all on our journey and God's committed to taking you into wholeness. It will always be an upward trajectory. It will always be going from glory to glory. That's God's heart for you. So I was thinking about this idea of, of being wounded and uh, I, I, it took me back to my football career. I, I played football for many, many years and I was a gifted football player. And my greatest skill was my agility, my ability to stop and start quickly, my ability to accelerate, and I want to use the word explode. So I had this ability to, to put a, a defender off balance and go past him. So I might run up to him with the ball, stop and dip to go left and then I would explode and as I exploded I was very fast and I would just be able to go and, and I would leave them behind me and the crowd loved it and, and I loved it because the crowd loved it. Who doesn't love it when the whole crowd goes yeah because of something you've done and so inside I was like yeah come on and it was great. So my biggest ability was my, my, my agility and ability to explode into great pace and so what would happen is defenders who couldn't keep up with me with my pace 
would elbow me and kick me and scrape their studs down my leg. And I'd often come off matches with, with physical wounds. You could see them cuts and bruises and scrapes. But I loved it, you know, guys who are into it, people who are into football just, just love it. But none of those things ended my career. What ended my career was actually a groin strain. You know, classically, I can't speak for everyone, but for me, I'm not great at stretching. I'm one of the least flexible people you're ever gonna meet. I can't touch my toes. And even at my peak of fitness, I couldn't touch my toes. And I, I guess I overstretched in one game and I just had this, this pull right in my groin and, and it would heal and, and then I'd play again and it would go again and it would heal and, and I'd play again and it'd go again. And it, was, it had this idea of like I was almost dragging my leg. So I'd, I'd go to explode and sprint away, having, having sold a defender a dummy or set, put them off balance, and I'd go to explode, and I'd feel like I was dragging my legs. So I, I just lost that little, little half a yard, which took me from being an excellent player to just being a good player. And it became frustrating, and in the end, I, I took the decision to, to quit football, you know, remember the good times, because this... This inner wound, if you like, you couldn't see it. You could see the cuts and scrapes and the bruises, but you couldn't see the groin strain. And yet it was the thing that hampered me the most to the point where I actually laid it down. So I've been thinking, we're looking at heart, the place where you think attached to emotions. We can't see it. We know it's there, but we can't see it. So if an inner wound caused me to lay something down, what does a broken heart do to you? What does a broken heart do to people? What does a broken heart do, do, do to humanity? We can't always see it. But is it the thing that is preventing us from exploding into life? Is it preventing us from accelerating when we see an opportunity? Is it like we're dragging something along? You know, great, great people that look like they've got it together so often are dragging something. And we're great at masking it. But is, there, is it today the day where we say, Lord, I just want to go on a journey because I believe you can heal me. Let me share a verse with you. God heals the brokenhearted. Psalm 147 and verse 3 says this. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. You know, right there, if we're going to do a foundational scripture for this message, right there is it. God heals the brokenhearted. He binds up our wounds. He puts us back together and makes it new again. I've been watching this, um, this program, I think it's called Repair Britain or, or something like that. It's on BBC and, and they, people bring in old heirlooms and toys and things that have uh, sentimental value to them that have just become worn or broken and these skilled craftspeople just put them back together and actually make them better than they were. And when they come and pick them up, they're, they're emotional, they cry. It's really, really great. It's really moved me watching it. And it's just that right there, I think, it's almost like I'm seeing the heart of God. He is seeing people like me and you who have got an inner wound which is dragging us back, which is stopping us from exploding into the fullness he wanted for us. And he's saying, if you just bring it to me, I'm a skilled craftsman and I'll put you back together, not like you were, but even better. And I believe it's going to bring emotions out and a fresh freedom out because God heals the brokenhearted. Let's unpack this. So let's look at cause. What we talk about brokenhearted, what causes 
a broken heart. And I'm just going to touch on two or three here. This is not an exhaustive list or, or an exhaustive message. You're clever people. Wrestle with it. Think through it. Allow God to stir stuff in you. In my opinion, as someone who's led a church for nearly 16 years, the greatest cause of a broken heart is rejection. You know, that, that kick in the guts when someone who you valued, you esteemed, you loved, someone who was important to you either disregards you, doesn't want you in their life anymore, or consistently lets you down so that ultimately you feel worthless. You know, that is a rejection. Uh, and, and, and how do you deal with that? What is that doing in your inner person? What is that doing in your heart? That place where you think, that place where thought is attached to emotion, when it is painful that, wow, they don't want me. Well, they, they, I thought they cared about me, but actually they don't. What is that doing? And I wonder today how many children are growing up with broken hearts because either their parents never wanted them or they're not there for them, or they're not showing them the, the affirmation that they want, the love that they want, the, the affection that they want. They're not uh, uh, praising them in the way they want. They're not lifting them up in the way they want. And ultimately, the very people they are looking to most aren't there. And I believe that so many children are growing up with a wound in their heart, broken hearts, which is actually preventing them from exploding into life which is actually ex preventing them from accelerating in the moment we want them to accelerate. They can't because they feel like they're dragging something. Why? Because there's a brokenness on the inside which has affected how they see themselves. Parents, come on, if you've got children right now, it's never too late to affirm your children. It's never too late to go and put an arm around. It's never too late to instill confidence in your children and to set them up for win. It's never too late to go and say, I'm sorry if I've ever wounded you. Do you know why? Because right there in that word, sorry, brings healing. And it's such a great gift to give to your children. Maybe that you are an adult even today. How many adults living today are still dealing with wounds from their childhood. And what happens in adulthood, we get great at masking it. We're going through our time with a smile on our face and great on the outside, but we've got a great big plaster on our heart. And every so often something happens and it gets torn off and we have an emotional wobble, but we're great at just covering it up. Well, do you know what? I believe God wants to rip off some plasters and make you new. You know, there'll be people relating to this stuff and maybe there'll be people who you know will relate to this stuff. Come on, let's have greater grace for each other. You know, as we watch people go through life and we do, do relationships with people going through life and you will get frustrated with them, how about we learn to have a greater grace for people who you can't see what the issue is, but they're masking something, some great hurt, a brokenness who's actually preventing them from exploding into the full life God always wanted them. Come on, let's love some people. I believe that the children are growing up rejected so often. And then we, un we don't know how to deal with it as an adult. You know, and, and adults need affirmation too. You don't just suddenly turn 18 and think you don't want anyone to be kind to you, to, to encourage you, to, to put an arm around you. Do you know what? Even the men. I know us men, well, we're okay, we're okay. But we're great at putting a mask on the outside when on the inside we're dying. And come on, let's be people who are open enough to say, I just want to be whole. I just want to have that ability to, to aim high and explode into life and accelerate and take my life by the scruff of the neck. I don't want to be dragging this anymore. 
because of something that happened to me that was never even my fault. And let's not let these things rob us anymore. You know, what about, and let's, this is an extreme circumstance, what about the people who have been cheated on? You know, you gave your heart to someone, you laid it all out there, and in a moment of lust, they threw it back in your face. And it's just like, wow, how, how do you deal with that? Because that is heartbreaking. That is an emotional wound. What do you do with that kind of stuff? It's painful. What a rejection. We don't see it, but there are people walking around in life today masking over terrible pain, which is hindering them from experiencing this full life. And it's not only rejection that causes broken hearts, that's just one area. And I've only just touched on that a little bit. Rejection's a huge area. But there's other things like, what about this idea of you throw yourself into a venture? You know, some idea, a project, it could be a business or, or, or some kind of thing that you're like, yeah, I'm gonna, you throw all of your heart into it. You invest yourself emotionally and financially and throw yourself into it, but it ultimately fails. Now that can so lead to a broken heart. I gave it my all and it just didn't work. It leaves you with this, just this pain of like, oh, you know, and it robs people. I believe things like that rob the entrepreneurial spirit. I tried it and it failed, so I won't try it again. And yet God is saying, no, 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 come. I want to heal your brokenness because I want you to have the ability to explode into the fullness that Jesus came and laid his, down, his life down for. Jesus wants you to excel in life. It's always been his heart for you. And yet there's this heart issue that so many people carry, which is preventing us from that. And yet God heals the brokenhearted. This is deep, but what about the loss of a loved one? You know, that we all lose people. It's one of the inevitabilities in life. We all lose people. But for some, it can just be too much to bear. There can be circumstances around it. I don't know people's situations, but for some, it's just so hard. And it leaves people broken hearted. And it almost leaves people with what I want to describe as, as a dull ache. You know, it's just there. It, it, it's not, you, you, people don't see it. You get on with life and I'm sure you laugh and you joke and you, you do some stuff and you live. But if you're honest with yourself, there's this dull ache in your inner person, in your heart. that is just hampering you, you know, and, and hear me. We're not wanting to erase memories. We're not asking anyone to forget stuff because those memories are important. But we don't want to allow the wounds and the pain of our past to dictate our future. No, come on, God's got a great future for you. And let's not let pain be the thing that holds us back from that. Let's not wound, let woundedness be a thing or brokenness be a thing that holds us back from that. When we have the God who heals, who can not just put a plaster on it, but make it better than you again, so that you're free to express who you really are. Come on, I'm sure we can grasp so many areas of brokenness, and I'm sure you can grasp what I'm trying to say. So what's the outworking of it then? We've talked about some of the causes, but what happens? And as with anything that's broken, it doesn't work properly. You know, a whole heart can process, remember we're talking about the place in your inner man, which process, which thinks, attached to emotion. A whole heart can process circumstances and situations. It can process 
all kinds of people. It can process feelings while all the while continuing to be whole, all the while continuing to be confident, all the while continuing to know I am accepted, to know who I am. A, 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 a whole heart is willing to put itself out there, to try new things and even to fail, knowing that we can bounce back. You know, a whole heart just functions like this. A whole heart understands that not every relationship is for a lifetime. Some people in your world will come and go, and it's okay. But it doesn't mean you have to be rejected. It means that you understand you can process that, that relationship through a whole heart, and remain whole. It's that inner confidence of knowing who I am. But a broken heart is hampered. Someone who has had something happen in their world which has caused a wound that hasn't been dealt with hampers you. And it can display itself in many, many ways. You know, someone, for instance, who has experienced rejection, one of the ways that works itself out could be that they just withdraw. They're in the room, they're in the relationship, they're in the business, they're in the church, they're there, but they're just, just on the fringe. They just, just keep themselves back a little bit. Why is that? Because they've been rejected and they're trying not to enter in too much so they don't get rejected again. It forces them out of the relationship and causes people to be here. They're in the room, but their heart isn't fully in the room. I'm sure you will know people who, who behave that way. You, you know, some people just assume no one's going to be interested in them. And so they protect themselves by not entering into relationships. Some people get touchy and defensive. You know, the moment there's, there's a challenge or the moment there's a disagreement or the moment, you know, we're, we're going to do something that they're not sure about, they just, oh, 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 and they keep it all out here and they're all touchy and it's, it's quite uncomfortable to be around because we don't have to agree on everything, but wholehearted people can disagree, come together and still walk forward together. You know, there can still be unity, but, but broken-hearted people just want to keep it away from, from you here and it's difficult. And yet these people are amazing and worth pushing into. Some people are cold. You know, it's great because we use that term now, cold-hearted. You know, they won't let emotions touch them. Why? Because some point in their world, they were wounded emotionally. And so what do you do? You switch off. I'm not going to let anything touch me. You know, that's okay. It's just like they become this grey person. There's no highs and lows or anything and everything in between. They're just, nah, not very sad, don't tend to cry, not excitable, you know, don't laugh, I'm not life and soul, you know, and not everyone's called to be those things, but can you see what I'm trying to say? Cold-hearted people just switch off. And we might look at those people and go, oh, they're boring or they're grey, but could we change the way we look at people? Could we look at them and think, that person is, is living like that. I'm sure that's not the best version of themselves. Why? And could we have a greater grace and a greater heart for these people in love to reach out and continue to include them, continue to affirm them, continue to love them, so that they might, they might, they might just take a step forward and away from the brokenness and into wholeness. And you might be the person to help them with that. Well, let's look at people in a slightly different way. Some people go on the offensive. They become overly aggressive. I know people like this. 
uh, no matter what the situation is, they want to get in first. Uh, and they'll throw the first punch or the first, the first words that, that, uh, that would wound someone. And why? Because they've been wounded in the past. And so their way to defend themselves is to attack. And so I'm not going to let you get and hurt me. I'm going to hurt you first. And there are people like that. And all of these symptoms are actually so often part of a broken heart. Because when they were born, were they like that? No, things happen on the journey and we do our best to cope. But brokenness hampers us from exploding into fullness of life. Brokenness hampers us from being our true self and experiencing the life Jesus came for. But we serve and love the God who heals the broken hearted. I found this, uh, this new phrase. Uh, I was watching uh, the Shout Conference in New Zealand and um, Pastor Esther Greenwood gave a great message and she used this phrase and it just so fits with what we're talking about today. It's called amygdala hijack. Now I'm not going to get too, too medical on you but amygdala, the amygdala is part of your brain and it's, this, is, this is the definition of the amygdala hijack. A personal emotional response that is immediate overwhelming and out of measure with the actual stimulus because it's triggered a much more significant emotional threat. You see, what happens is people who have or, or wrestle with a broken heart can often overreact or react in an unusual way compared to the, the situation you're facing. Let me put it this way. A business person, an entrepreneur, someone who maybe launched a business and it failed, might later come across an opportunity to launch another business. But what they do in that situation, because of the wound of failure that they're still carrying around, is they over, no, wouldn't touch it with a barge pole, never again, that's not for me, no. When really, a person with a whole heart might look at that and go, oh, this is worth considering. This is an opportunity, we should, we should discuss this, we should wrestle through, this is a really good opportunity. But what happens? When wounded people find themselves in the same situation, they overreact. It's the amygdala hijack. Don't, no, don't bring it near me, no way. They're overreacting to the actual stimulus. Why? Because of brokenness. And I just want to see people whole. I want to see you whole. You know, God is stirring my heart for people. I pray, guys, that God will stir your heart for people, that we could look at people differently. We could love people better. We could become part of the solution and the healing process so that all the people in your world can aim high, can take opportunities, can be free to express themselves, can be free to be who they are in any given relationship. And we all have different personalities, and that's great. But could you be the best version of you? And you're never going to be the best version of you all the while carrying a broken heart. And this is much more common than people are willing to admit. Would you be willing to, to open up and be honest with yourself, honest with God, honest with some people in your world? Come on, I'm trying to build a rounded picture of what brokenness looks like and I'm just scratching the surface. Wrestle it through yourself, but know this, don't leave yourself there because God is the God who heals the brokenhearted. So you might be thinking right now, I relate to some of this stuff. Actually, you're describing some of the things that are my behaviours. Or you might be thinking, there is someone who's important to me in my life, and you're actually describing them. Well, come on, let's not leave people there. Let's not leave yourself there. Let's be, let's be a great understanding of God being the God who loves you as you are, but loves you too much to leave you where you are. He wants to take you from glory to glory. He wants to take you on a journey into greater wholeness. 
God created you for an adventure in life. Now, he didn't create you just to go through living at a level, this grey life, not really experiencing much. He created you for an adventure. He created you to express yourself. He created you so that you'd make a contribution. He created you for relationship and he created you for wholeness. Come on, let's get this. Have a look at this verse with me. Psalm 34 and verse 18, it says this. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Now, great verses. This is God's word for us. This is God's word for you. It's God's word for me. The word saves there is close to the brokenhearted and saves those. who The word saves there is a Hebrew word, yasha. And it ultimately means to deliver. Uh, and the, con the concept of deliver is to take you through something and out, to, to deliver you from it. So what it's really saying here is when people are broken, it gets God's attention and he draws close to it. Why? Because he's invested in you. He's laid his heart out in Jesus for you. He is all in. And when you are broken and hurting and struggling, it gets his attention. And what does he do? He steps in and has the power to deliver you, to take you out of feeling crushed and into being whole. That's always been God's heart for you. So if you're someone right now dealing with brokenness, know this, you've got God's attention because you're his favourite creation, you're his treasure, you're the apple of his eye, you're the one he sings over, he delights in you, he wants relationship with you and he wants you to be whole. And he has the power to deliver you from feeling crushed into being whole again. I love it when we look at Jesus' life and let me give you a couple of examples. We find a, a, a guy called Zacchaeus in Luke 19, you can look his story up if you want to. But Zacchaeus is, is, a, is a, a, a short guy, he's challenged in stature, um, but he's a tax collector and he's a high level tax collector. And so here's this guy who everyone hates him. He is not welcome in homes, people don't want to be around him because he cheats their taxes. He charges them more than he should. He's become greedy. Now why would he do that? And I wonder if actually to fit in with his peers, to fit in with his fellow tax collectors, they behave in a certain way. And so he's taken on behaviours to fit in. And in part of fitting in with a small group, he's totally estranged himself from the whole of the community because he robs people. And this is what happens. Jesus rocks up and he knows, Zacchaeus knows Jesus is coming. So he climbs a tree so that he could see him because he's short. And Jesus stops. You see, God is attracted to brokenness. And here is Jesus come to represent the Father on earth. And what does he do? He stops and sees the broken guy. The guy who is rejected from the community. The guy who he knows is ultimately hurting. On the outside, it looks great. He's super wealthy. He's got the trappings all the world could buy him. But in his inner self, he's a rejected man. He's broken. And he says, Zacchaeus, I want to have a meal with you. And Zacchaeus is like, wow, all the people, imagine what they're thinking. Why would you eat with him? Because he's broken. And I'm drawn to brokenness. And I have the ability to take you out of having a crushed spirit and into wholeness. And he sits with Zacchaeus and they talk. And we don't know how the conversation goes, but we do know the outworking of that conversation. In that moment, in that one conversation with Jesus, Zacchaeus says, wow. What I'm going to do, this is how I'm going to respond. I'm going to give away more than I've taken. What does that do to the community? 
suddenly he goes from the despised one to being the hero. One moment with Jesus, one meal with Jesus, fixed his brokenness and caused him in his heart to express himself differently. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So Jesus is able to heal his broken heart so that he can process the situation and then behave. It's how you are. It affects his behaviour. What does he do? He's generous. Maybe, just maybe, just maybe, God gave Zacchaeus the ability to handle money because he made him to be a generous man. But in the mix of life, he got in with a crowd which made him a stingy man. But God encountered him. Jesus encountered him, had a meal with him, and he shifted his heart back to where it was always supposed to be. And generosity erupted. As generosity erupted and became who it was always supposed to be, people loved him. He was accepted. That will have changed Zacchaeus' life. Imagine him walking out of his house the next day. People going, hey Zacchaeus, how you doing? Thanks so much. It would have changed his world. You see, one meal with Jesus can heal your heart. It can shift your behaviour to a way where you can walk out of your home free. Free to be you. Zacchaeus was free to be who he was always supposed to be. No longer broken, no longer trying to fit in, no longer trying to tick boxes with his friends, but being himself. And that made him lovable. Another situation we find Jesus in is when he goes out of his way to meet this woman at the well. She's a Samaritan woman and she's at the well at noon. Now that would be the worst time ever to go and draw water. In Israel, it would be boiling hot. Everyone drew their water later in the evening or early in the morning because it would be cooler. Yet she's there on her own in the heat of the day. What does that tell you? She's a rejected woman. People didn't want her around and she knew it, so she did life on her own. What does that tell us? She's a woman carrying brokenness. So Jesus rocks up and he has a discussion with her. He has a discourse with her and they chat it through and Jesus points things out to her using the strong prophetic gift and 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 he speaks to her and he says, you know, I know that you've had many lovers. And so what, what, what does that tell us? This broken woman who is desperate to fit in has given her body away because she wants to be loved and accepted. How often do we see that today? And Jesus isn't there to judge that. He's there to heal that. And so he has this conversation with her and she goes back and tells the people who rejected her, you've got to meet this guy. He's just told me my life and it's just brought a freshness to me. And so Jesus comes in and what happens? The whole town meet Jesus. The woman then gets accepted back into the town and is free to be her. Despite the history, despite the behaviours, despite the lovers, despite it all, one moment of Jesus just brings healing and wholeness and allows that woman to be who she was always supposed to be. And she's acceptable and loved in the community. Come on, one moment with Jesus can heal brokenness and make it whole and make it even better than it was ever supposed to be. That's our heart. That's our Jesus. That's the God we serve. He is able. Everywhere Jesus went, he brought wholeness and healing and health and life. This is our God. And it's the same God we serve today. I don't know what you're wrestling with. I don't know what the people around you are wrestling with. But I know this. One moment with Jesus can make it whole again and position you to express yourself in freedom and live the best life you were called to. Come on, church. We've got a part to play in this. 
you men and women of faith out there, we've got a part to play in this. We can become part of the solution for people who are struggling. As we wrestle with our own stuff, and if you're wrestling with your own stuff, come on, don't do it on your own. Reach out to someone in your connect group. Reach out to someone who you value, who you, you understand, who understands you, and you know they've got wisdom in their world and an understanding in their world. Reach out. Don't do it on your own. But God will bring people into your world to help you on the journey of healing. Um, John's third letter, 3 John chapter 1, verse 2, says this. Dear friend, I pray that you enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. You see, here's the truth. God has empowered his people to have authority in prayer. You know, in James, when he writes his letter, the book of James, he says that the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. You see, prayer isn't just a bunch of words. Prayer isn't just a bunch of nice thoughts that we say. Prayer is calling on the heart of God and bringing heaven to earth so we can experience the power of heaven on earth now. And we know that one moment of Jesus brings healing. So as we pray for people, we can expect to draw heaven to earth and bring power to bring change. We have that ability. Come on, church, let's be a praying church. Let's be people who pray for our friends and our family. Let's be people that play our part in bringing a healing process to the people we care for the most. Look, look at what John says. I pray that you're in health, even in your inner person, as your soul will prosper. You see, we have the ability even to speak into and pray for the things we can't see yet we know are going on. We have the ability to pray for people's inner person and see it be made whole. You know, you may well be going on a counselling journey and counselling's awesome. You know, I'm for it. It is good. It is helpful to wrestle and talk through stuff. There are many men and women of great wisdom and, and helpful advice out there. But know this, we love and serve the God who can touch lives in a moment. Wouldn't it be good if we don't give up on the counselling but we introduce prayers of faith? where we come in and say, in Jesus' name, be healed. And let people have an encounter with Jesus, which shifts something that might need talking out for years and shifts something in a moment. And people's hearts that have been broken for whatever reason become whole in that moment. And then the idea is we need to learn to behave from that whole place. Because even that, we have learned behaviours. We've learned, we've learned to live with brokenness for so long that in a moment we've got to shift our behaviour. I'm whole. So I need to change how I think, change how I speak, and change how I act to line myself up with my wholeness. I'm a whole person. And we might waver in and out of that, but that's where relationship in church is helpful. Come on, we need people to walk with us and say, come on, we're not going back there. You know, we're not pretending things didn't happen, but we're not allowing the pain of the past to dictate our future. Come on, let's walk it through together because we serve the God who heals the brokenhearted. Come on, church, let's be a praying church. Let's be part of the solution. Let's get God's heart for people. Let's look at people and all their behaviours that are on display and not be judgy, but say, wow, what's going on in your world? And you're amazing. I think there's more in you. Could I play my part in bringing it out of you? Could we be whole together? I want to say this, it's time to explode into life. It's time to aim high. It's time to engage fully in life and relationship. It's a time to allow God to restore your heart. Wouldn't it be cool as lockdown eases and we come out of this, one of your testimonies, one of your life stories is, through the process, God did something on my inner person and I'm whole again. Wouldn't that be awesome if that was part of your story? 
It's time to dream again. It's time to be fearless. Come on, it's time to push some doors and try some stuff. You can only really do that fully from a place of a, a whole heart. Come on, it's time to be faithful. What's God put on your heart? Would you push that door again? And you know what? Even if you fail, you'll bounce back. But if we're so scared to fail, we'll never try. And whole hearts are willing to try and fail and bounce back. I want to declare a whole heart over you right now in Jesus' name. Come on, church. Let's be men and women who press for this. Uh, listen to this verse from Nehemiah. My final verse for the day. Nehemiah 4 and verse 20. Where, wherever you hear the sound of the trumpet, join us there. Our God will fight for us. Well, do you know what? As I round up this message, this is me making a trumpet cry. Come on, this is me sounding the trumpet. It's time to engage in life. It's time to thrive. It's time to take the opportunities that are around us. It's time to step out of brokenness and into wholeness. It's time to pursue relationship. It's time to pursue God. It's time to step out. Come on, take heart. God is committed to you and is committed to you thriving and winning. This is my trumpet sound. When you hear the trumpet, gather around it because God's up to some stuff. Church, I hope that's blessed you. I hope that's given you some stuff to wrestle through. I hope that's inspired you somewhat, but I'd love to pray for you. Father, I want to thank you for amazing people. I want to thank you for every person who's tuned into this message. Lord, I declare healing right now. Healing in Jesus' name to anyone who's wrestling with a broken heart. For whatever reason, so often not our own fault, yet we wrestle with it. I speak the love and the healing power of Jesus to you right now. Be healed. I encourage your church to engage in relationship and to go and ask some people to, to walk with you. But don't stay where you are. Come on, let's allow God to heal you. Let's allow God to put the right people around you to help you walk out that healing as you shift mindsets. You know, that heart being the place of thought in your inner person. Uh, and and let's, let's, let's pray for those guys who are just not yet with us. Maybe you're someone today who's listening to stuff and going, you're, you're so describing me. And yet maybe you don't know Jesus. And just like Zacchaeus, is today the day you have an encounter with Jesus which changes your whole life? Jesus only ever wants you to win. He only ever wants you to succeed. He only ever wants you to be whole. And if you have brokenness in your world, you've got his attention because he created you for wholeness. I wonder if today's the day you might pray and say, Jesus, I want a relationship with you. I want to go on this journey. Is that you today? If it is, I'm going to pray a prayer. And you can just amen or pray with me. Father God, I thank you that you love me. That you created me for wholeness. You created me with passion. You created me with reverence. You put gifts inside of me and dreams inside of me. So Lord, I engage with you today. Jesus, you are welcome here. Come and heal me where I'm broken. Come and take me forward. But I invite you into my world. And all God's people said, Amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer today, we'd love to hear from you. Get in touch with us on the chat box there. Maybe email the church, however it is. But don't do it on your own. But come on, church. Let's go on a journey of healing. And let's go on a journey together where we don't allow our brokenness to influence our future anymore. Because you are worth it. God loves you so much. And I love you so much. So let's go on this journey together. 
I hope that's blessed you. Uh, I'm going to hand back over to the awesome Matt and Jess as we close the service. And I'll be in the, in the foyer afterwards if you'd like to meet up. God bless you all.